0: Hey, what's up, y'all? I'm your host, Andrew Lanza. Welcome to Buffs and Nerfs presented by The Mind Refinery. This podcast will be hosted by myself and Sam Hall. Sam and I will explore the cultural significance of video games and examine their artistic merit and how it reflects the industry as a whole. So sit back and enjoy Buffs and Nerfs. And as always, a subscribe and positive rating on this or anything you've listened to would be greatly appreciated.
1: And with that, welcome to Buffs and Nerds, the podcast about video games. I'm Sam Hall, and Andrew Lanza is my co-host, and today we're going to be discussing a topic in games that might seem odd. We are going to be discussing flaws in games. We're not talking bugs, we're not talking issues of poor programming. What we're talking about is design choices that made it all the way to the end for one reason or another, and are blatantly terrible. Andrew, would you like to tell us the big news from Hollywood, the land of dreams, and uh, Denzel Washington?
0: Those are one and the same. Mm. Denzel is quite dreamy, in my opinion. Another dreamy individual, uh, Oscar Isaac, has been very much rumored and is is very much the the, the, the rumor mill is flying that uh, he will be playing Solid Snake in a Metal Gear movie. Now, this movie has been... I don't know production is the right word but it's been in like talks of happening for damn near decades at this point like this thing has been in talks forever um so i'm i'm super excited that this is finally giving it legs i feel like i remember seeing somebody posted where there was um an interview and then somebody kind of asked him like oh what's like your dream role or something and then he says uh solid snake in the metal gear movies so like i don't know if that had anything to do with it maybe they're like yeah hmm maybe we should talk to him uh, but yeah, I don't know. That that's super exciting. Like Metal Gear, first of all, like Metal Gear Solid um, for for the PS One. Um, like that game just lends itself to a movie so well. I've I've always always wanted that to to to, to come to fruition because I, I'm just you know huge Metal Gear fan and just watching a movie. They they always needed the right person to play him. I mean, David Hayter would obviously be one of the the the, the best choices. Like David Hayter, first of all, just I mean he just embodies, he's the original voice actor but he he embodies Solid Snake. He even looks like the dude, but I mean Oscar Isaac, I I can't I can't complain about that.
1: Well, it's great. Um is Kojima writing or directing this?
0: No. Um, Good. He, <laughs> um I don't think well cuz it's not his it's not his property like it's not his IP. It's owned well, it's by. What's Capcom, right? No, no it's not Capcom. Who uh Konami, it? it's Konami. Konami, yes. Uh, and it's it, it's gonna be made by Sony. Um, it, it'll be a Sony Pictures. Uh, the director is uh Jordan Jordan. Oh, jeez, I don't know from how to work. Add. Jordan
1: from work's directed. Good for no. him. Um,
0: Jordan. Uh, uh V O G T hyphen Roberts. How do you pronounce that? Vot, vote, vote.
1: I think it's vote, vote, vote. Yeah. Yeah. I don't
0: know. He he directed. Um. Actually, I looked him up. He actually directed uh, Kings of Summer, which was actually a really sweet movie. And then he also did Kong Skull Island, among some other things. But, yeah, actually, I... Is that also uh, a sweet movie? I don't know. I haven't seen Kong Skull Island. But Kings of Summer is actually a really sweet, nice movie that I remember I watched a little while ago. And I was like, yeah, that was a sweet movie. Is Kong Skull Island the one with Tom Hiddleston? It might be. Um, I think it is. If
1: it is, I have actually seen like the first half of that and it was pretty good, but then I fell asleep. Yes, yes, it is with him. Ah, good for him. I'm glad he's getting work.
0: Yeah. And then this also leads into the there's also um there was a, a an ex employee of uh Konami who has now come out and also has said that they are working on a silent hill and also Metal Gear Solid uh remake. Uh, for the, the, the new current gen that, that's out now, you know, PS5. Um, so that that's pretty exciting. Uh, the only remake of Metal Gear Solid was Twin Snakes for the GameCube, which, I mean, yeah, like a lot of people obviously owned a GameCube, but, you know, as, as far as remakes go, there hasn't been... There's been one remake, and that remake was made, like, I don't know, 15 years ago or something like that. So this is i feel like always been something and then same with silent hill this there, there's going to be um uh pt that the 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 pt demo which turned out to be a silent hills demo on the for the for the ps3 or sorry ps4 that that never came out due to uh, Ko, uh, kojima leaving konami but uh yeah so this is these are kind of i felt like konami's like ace in the hole like that they kind of kept in their back pocket all these years that they're like all right we need to we need to make some money time to tr-, like Time to churn out these these cash cows again. Um, having said that, man, I'm I'm gonna be so down with with, with anything Metal Gear. Um unfortunately the, the, the recent track record for, for the franchise for Metal Gear hasn't been that good with um the, the, the Metal Gear zombies game that came out that I did not waste my time with, but uh Oh wait, yeah. was
1: that the one which was like Metal Gear solid phantom pain but just in an alternate dimension you build a base? Yeah, 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 it was
0: essentially just like a base, like a tower defense game, but with yeah. zombies. Yeah, Um, it just seemed super shitty, and like the reviews on it were just atrocious. So, I, I, like, it's kind of the the, the franchise. Like, they, they they took the engine that they had for for the for the newest Metal Gear and just churned this out. It's it had nothing. Like Kony, uh, Kojima had nothing to do with it. Anyway. Having said that, you know two two big pieces of news for for Metal Gear in the last week, so I'm I'm happy I'm happy about that.
1: Well, a month ago we had um, Mass Effect Remaster, which is great. Now you're getting your remaster, so it's wonderful. We'll be able to spend times reflecting upon games that we loved and play them again in 4K definition. What a time to be alive. Uh, any other video game news you've been hearing about? Because it seems pretty quiet on my front, other than the fact that everybody's like, Cyberpunk next week, oh god. Oh, for those who aren't aware, we're recording this on December 5th, so it's five days until Cyberpunk comes out. This may be released afterwards.
0: So excited. So
1: excited. I'm, I'm looking forward to the CD Project Red, even though they have, let us say, sketchy advertising and some insensitive posters in the game. No, I'm looking forward to it. I, I, I've i been quite satisfied with the work. Insensitive posters? Oh, you didn't hear about this. Oh, there's like a poster of, um, there's a fake advertising poster in one of the, in one of the things, I guess, in like a hallway or perhaps a corridor of some form, maybe even a chamber, and it shows uh, a woman drinking a can and says, mix it up, and it's a woman, but she has a very, like, noticeable penis bulge, and it's like, you know, transgender people were like that's offensive rightfully so so it's a little like uh i don't know what you were thinking doing that cd project Red." but i'm still looking forward to your game but yeah all right now on that topic just killing the conversation which is what i do best because this is a podcast it's about awkward silences and long pauses uh today's topic is going to be Games that have flaws. And when I say a flaw, I don't mean a bug. I don't mean like, oh, you know, a piece of code got through and you could glitch into something. What I mean is a design choice in a game where you're like, you're playing it and it happens. You're like, why did they leave this in? This is not good. Or This this is terrible. Did they not have quality testing? Was it a matter of time, budget? Or was it simply some designer going, this is a great idea. I don't, I think everybody's going to love it. And being terribly wrong. Um. Yeah, so... Let's get right into it, as they say on certain podcasts that I won't mention it. What, what, that, what does that guy say?
0: Let's just jump into it.
1: Let's just jump into it. A wholly original Mind Refinery trademarked line, and uh, it's 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 something I like to say to you beautiful bastards. Anyways.
0: <laughs> I haven't watched Philly D in like two years.
1: <laughs> yeah, but you still have his face as a chest tattoo, so I don't think that's ever going to go a,
0: well. It's a back tattoo.
1: Oh, it's, it's a back tattoo. Why did I think it was a chest tattoo? My mistake. My mistake. It's a, chest. Chest it's, it's a back piece. Chest is strong. You always represent your city on your chest. Yeah. Some good Gothic lettering there on uh, Andrew Lance's Harry. Anyways, I'm going to start off with... Uh, I figure the best way to do this is just to go back and forth. You know, I am mentioned a game, Andrew mentioned a game, blah, 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 and we'll go to a done. And I'm going to start off with a strategy PC game that came out about three years ago, if I remember the numbers correctly. I could have looked it up, but a little hungover. Civilization VI. Now, is the Civ series I've been playing since it started back in, I want to say, like, 91 or 92. It's been a, around for a very long time. And I will say, with each iteration, they usually improve, you know... Better than the last one. It, it, there are some people who are fans of older versions and stuff like that, but as it goes on, they've been improvements on the previous ones. And uh, like in Civ Five, they brought in a hex uh, a grid instead of a just a standard grid, like a four square grid. It was it turned to a hex map, which made it much more interesting. You couldn't stack units, that sort of thing. But in Civilization Six, which is great, they have one huge flaw, and the flaw is not really stopping you how you play but it stops you simply from playing. You get messages from the other civilization leaders and oh boy do you get messages. It's like they can't stop talking to you. The only thing you're sitting there going is like, "Do you talk this much to the other guys or is it just me?" You see what it is is basically Civilization 6 is a bunch of Excel charts fighting each other on a giant Excel chart. And A lot of what you do is a mathematical thing like you have a a, we're gonna start with the most classic example which is cleopatra the default leader of the egyptians i don't think egypt ever got another leader but i might be wrong about that um and one of her big things is army size she's all like if you have a small army she doesn't like you and if you have a big army she's like ooh you have a big army i like it um Sorry, that was way, way too sexual <laughs> for what that, that. I feel terrible. I'm not trying to be a sexist jerk. Like, she literally, like, she, she, it, oh, uh, you have to look it up on YouTube. It's, it's remarkable how she tells you you have a big, big army. But the problem is, is if you have, uh, so if you have a vastly smaller army, she'll bother you every few rounds going, look at the size of your army. It's tiny. And if you have a big army, she'll bother you every few rounds going, hey, nice big army you got there. I, I see you understand the importance of force. Uh, but the worst part is, is especially in the early game, if she's your neighbor, it's very easy to get into the sort of part where you have, like, you're creating units not as rapidly as you do in the endgame or is in bulk, but more sort of like you pop them off. So, like, you know, one round you create an extra swordsman or whatever, and she's like, ah, and got a big army. But then she creates a swordsman. And the next round she's like, Phew, what's with the tiny army? And the thing is, you can not turn these things off. Maybe you can now. I haven't played in a little while. But... You couldn't turn these things off in the original Civilization Six, and they just kept coming. What's that? Did you build an extra wonder over Kinshi of the Chinese? Oh, he's like, oh, how dare you? Are you talking to a city-state? That's going to get Barbarossa and... Uh... Oh my god, I can't remember the Greek guy's name. Uh, it's not Herodotus. But anyways, the leader of the Greeks gets mad. It's not Alexander. Um, it's basically this flaw I find because weirdly the civilization games are kinetic you wouldn't think so from a turn-based strategy but everything it's like a, it's like a very slow moving but constantly moving thing every round you're like oh i want to get my production up i want to i want to uh, i'm going to have my uh, next infantryman next round Ooh, i'm gonna have a tank next round Ooh, i'm gonna finally finish building my granary next round Ooh, i'm gonna research this like you're always kind of moving forward you're always looking at the next thing and then these things show up and they have to go through the entire animation and they go through the entire spiel that they say and then you'd click the exact same thing. It's like, that's nice, is basically it, your response. It's it's a design flaw I find because Civilization Six games are the classic. They're one of the first games that had the whole staying up till three in the morning going just one more turn. And I've played games and at a point after like the third or fourth time getting messaged by a leader, I'm just like, Okay, you know what, I'm done. Like it's it's weirdly annoying. Yeah, so that's Civilization Six, long story short. Leaders talk to you and they won't shut up.
0: I, yeah, I have, I have, I have never really played. Like I've played them passively, so, I mean, it sounds super <laughs> annoying. I've, I've never, I've never delved deep into them. That that
1: was a personal. I know that was almost a borderline rant. I that like as soon as I got talking was like God, this really does annoy me a lot. I wasn't sure if I had <laughs> enough to say, but oh man, apparently I just like couldn't stop. Lord.
0: Uh well you you when you when you were defining what we're doing today you you forgot to kind of mention one thing. It's like yeah, it's like these you said we're talking about games that have a flaw. It's more like this game would be damn near a masterpiece if it didn't mm-hmm. have that flaw. True. Um, true. Yeah, so I think I think we got to kind of really really point that out is like yeah, like these games are it's like just even despite this flaw they're really good but it's like if they didn't have this flaw they would be damn near masterpieces.
1: Absolutely. Sorry, I uh, meant that, but I didn't say that. I figured
0: our my target audience would get it. I was gonna, I was gonna jump in there and throw it in there, but I didn't. There wasn't like a a nice little little niche opportunity. As far as my first game, it would be a game that came out oh, a little while ago now. I'd say probably about five years ago, uh, for the 3ds, a game called uh, Bravely Default. Now, Bravely Default is uh, a JRPG turn-based, a little bit different. It's kind of, it has this uh, mechanic where you can kind of take, you know, turn-based RPGs. It's like, you go, then the enemy goes, then you go, then the enemy goes. Mm -hmm. But in this game, the kind of the mechanic is you can bank your turns essentially and then take more turns at once or you can take more turns right off the top and then the other like say you can go like oh i can do three turns and then the enemy will do three turns but then ours also like oh some moves also take more than one turn to like pull off so it's like okay i can i can do two moves for this character one move for this character whatever anyway interesting um it's it's an absolutely stunning game for the 3ds is one of the best looking games on 3ds it has this like really cool uh like all the all the environments are like this beautiful watercolor uh the characters are really well written all the characters are very there it has a lot of humor a lot of heart all the characters are very well defined not only on your team but also like the enemies and stuff like that the music is unbelievable the music is just so good so having said all these things as we talked about there's a flaw to this game of course that prevents it from from being a masterpiece and this occurs probably about halfway through the game now spoilers for bravely default you've been warned about halfway through the game you essentially beat the last boss and you're like okay that was cool and then the boss does this thing where it like resets time and you're like oh okay i'm back at this point of the game and you're like, oh, okay, this is kind of interesting. So you kind of like battle your way back to the end. And then you're like at that final encounter again. And then you beat it again. And you're reset again. And you're like, what the yeah. hell? So I remember I uh, my, my buddy at the time, uh, he had played the game. And he's like, oh, it's a great game, blah, blah, blah. You should play it. So I had beat the I had beat this boss now. So I had reset the, the thing I think about three or four times. And then finally I was I like asked my buddy I'm like hey man like I've quote beat this game 4 times like how many times do I have to beat it and he looks at me he's like do you want to know I'm like well yeah and he's like 6 and I was like what? He's like yeah so you essentially have to beat the game 6 times to get like the true ending so pretty much like the first time you beat it is like the the first like the first time you're playing through it again. So like the second playthrough is mm. almost as long as the first playthrough, but then after that you can pretty much I mean if you're at a high enough level, you can pretty much just skip to the final like the quote final boss every time. But then you don't get you don't fight all the other bosses and you don't do all this other stuff like all this like like mini quests and stuff like that. So you don't get like the full storyline. So, I mean, by the end, you are kind of just like, all right, just like going through and just like fighting the bosses. But yeah, and then finally, the sixth time you beat the boss, that's when you like go into like the final, like last leg of the game and then actually beat the game. Wow, that sounds annoying. And I love how,
1: as a sidebar, how hot you came in on your friend like, hey, man, how many times do I have to beat this game? You said it was good. Oh, I gave it a hot and heavy. You're like, what the fuck? You had him up against the wall. Fuck, man.
0: I pulled out a switchblade, had oh, it up to shit. his fucking. I had it up to. I had like the point right up to his neck, and there was just like that one little bead of blood that came Jeez. down. And I'm just like, okay, Tell hold me. on
1: a second. You're starting borderline into like full on felony assault charges. So let's uh, let's pull
0: back. It was fake blood, right? Right. How many times?
1: <laughs> how many times? <laughs> six, Andrew. Six. six, six. Okay. Oh but other than that, I, mean, I like, have a wife and kids.
0: And like, I get it. Like, we've talked about before how, like, like the Japanese market when they they like they love mm. the grind especially in rpgs like they love the grind and like that's what it was too it was like every time the game reset it was like all the enemies were now a higher difficulty all the bosses were a higher difficulty and you had to like grind out levels again and it wasn't too bad you didn't have to sit there in like a low area and just like grind out mm. levels but like you like to fight that final boss again unless you're like we're already stacked and shit uh you pretty much had to go around and like Like, and then you went to, like, each little dungeon kind of thing, and you, like, fought the boss again, and there was, like, a little bit more of, like, a backstory given to, like, each boss, so they did make it worth it as far as storyline beats go, but at the end of the day, yeah, it was still, like, six times.
1: It still sounds like a personal hell for me. Like, I have a, when I finish a game, which, I'll be honest, it's not as often as most people, uh, I definitely don't want to be, like, at the end, and it's like, hey, you know what you just did? Go do it again you you're back times. go do it again you're back go do it again i would probably like if it wasn't for covid uh, if this is a jrpg i assume they're in J- the company made them in space in japan
0: yeah it's a squeenix game
1: okay then yeah i would i would go firebomb squeen no that's not true no that no federal international crimes wow, i would this, write them. this a podcast drama. got violent yeah we're going to jail at the end of this podcast that's all right you know what i've had a good run um wow that sounds incredibly annoying uh it sounds like a great game that I, has this weird I, I, yeah that's so strange like i could see doing it twice maybe thrice but like
0: it's just inflating the play time like i i yeah. get it but like having said that like i can't stress how good this game is otherwise like every other piece of the puzzle like the music, the art, mm-hmm. the graphics, the storyline, the characters like everything is just itself, top hopefully. notch. Yeah, and the, the gameplay, as I said, the whole like turn based, but you're like kind of like banking. I, I like
1: that idea actually. I'm curious about that.
0: Yeah, it's really good. I mean, I know you have a 3DS. If you want to borrow it, uh, mm-hmm. let me know. Maybe we'll borrow it.
1: Okay, now we're talking about software piracy. Good God. What's going on? What? Now? You could lend games to your friends. If you want to support Jeff Bezos, I guess you could. What? Evil. I don't know where I'm going with that, I got nothing. And speaking of nothing, uh, we're going to go to something which is a great game. Uh, my second game on the list, this this recording has not been going great, um, is almost, at the time, was actually for a long time my favorite game until its sequel came out, uh, is, you've heard me mention it, Mass Effect, the original Mass Effect which came out in 2008 I believe. Uh, is, first of all, probably the game that's closest I've ever played to being in an actual movie. Like, it's uh, cinematic, it's got character development. The combat at the time was good, though I will say it ages a little bit, but it's still, it's a great, 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 great game. I love playing it, but every time I start a Mass Effect run, I've done four to completion right now, but I'm sure it's like six or seven in total when you don't go all the way through three. Um... Every time I fire up Mass Effect, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is great. Oh, right. This. And if there are any Mass Effect fans out right now, they're going to say, oh, he's talking about the hacking minigames. No, no. Those are okay. You know what? They're a little annoying, but you just quick save before you move on. They're fine. I'm talking about the Mako. You see, in Mass Effect, you go exploring the galaxy, and you visit a lot of planets, which are just, um you see, a lot of the time you're going to a place and there's a mission. Like, you land on a ship, and you have to take out some terrorists on the ship, or uh, you got to kill... Aliens in a base facility or stuff like that. But a lot of the planets are basically just a giant, roughly, I would say it's about a kilometer by a kilometer square section of the planet that you drive this six-wheeled monstrosity through. When I say monstrosity, it's not big, it's actually low and sleek and it looks good, but it handles so terribly. And the game, you're forced to do it. There's several like critical game mission points where you have to be in the Mako and it handles poorly uh it's got a weapon it's got a cannon and a machine gun the machine gun's okay but like the spread is terrible on it, and you're never right up next to anything shooting with it uh the cannon fires but does that thing where it's like fire and it's not hit scan it's uh i guess it's projectile based even though you don't actually see anything It just kind of fire and then a moment later something explodes and the okay so let's say you take some damage in the mako the mako uh you can repair it but that takes a while or you're like oh no my shields are down i'm just gonna reverse behind this rock so the geth can't shoot at me and you, then you have to sit there and it takes like it feels like six hours for the shields to recharge it's such a weird design choice now i understand the broad spokes stretch uh, the broad reason for it which is it's uh like, uh, actually weirdly, like Bravely Default we just mentioned, it's a way to stretch the game. Because if you just went from story beat to story beat and like little mini mission, side mission to side mission, it would be a lot quicker. But this has you driving around on these planets, which are essentially just a flat surface that they've done. Um... Oh god, I can't remember what the term is. I want to say it's like splining. It's where you kind of like, imagine a flat surface that you pull up here and like, oh, this is a mountain. Now this is a mountain range, you know, I'm going to pull up over there and that's a little cliff face. But it's very like angular and it's easy to get stuck in, and the thing drives terribly. It's got these jump jets, which you're supposed to use to get out of stuff, but it doesn't really help. And it's just, it's a terrible design flaw. It's, it takes a game that is great, and it, whenever you get to these parts where you have to drive around the planet looking and searching for stuff, it's, it just makes you go, ah, like, oh, okay, I'll do this. Oh, hey, I found something. I found something I'm in a little scam. Oh, I'm in a fight. Oh, back in the Mako. Oh hey, and let's get it. Let's do it. So, oh, back in this damn thing, you know. And it's very, it's 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 weirdly like. I guess what I'm saying is it, there are design flaws which seem like they're trying to be woven into the entire story, like the bravely f- default r- uh repetition that you mentioned. But this is weirdly like they could have made the Mako handle better. I don't see how like the, there isn't a reason for it to handle so poorly. Um. And they could have made the weapon on it, like firing out, But it really strikes me as a part where they kind of got to a point in it and said, "This works for now, but we have to focus on other things and let it go." But we're still going to let this go through and not try and polish this. That's the only reason I can see that they would have the make on it.
0: I I know you've you've mentioned like I've I've never played Mass Effect before, but you've all, every time you've said I should play it, you're you always will. like. You're always like, oh, the Mass Effect's so good, but there's this whole, like, driving part that's just terrible. Like, just ignore it.
1: The, the one thing I will say in its favor is the first time you do it, it's, it's not as bad as I make it sound. And I am definitely talking from the perspective of someone who's replayed the game several times. And it's the first game you play in the trilogy, so I've replayed that more than any other game. Like, you know, I try to do a run probably every year or so. Um... It's not so bad the first time you play it. Like, you'll be fine, but it definitely won't make you go like, ooh, this is fun. You'll be like, "Uh, eh, that's all right. I, I, yeah. Basically, long story short, Mass Effect is a great game, and I can't wait for you to play it. And I, I think you'll really like it. It's, it's You like story, and you like cinematography, and you like uh, gameplay, and it's pretty good. The, the gameplay's a little rough, but it's it's still highly worth playing. But these Mako sections, I recommend you have your laptop open to the side and just, like... Have the map so you can go as fast as possible through each planet. That's what I do whenever I'm doing it. Now it's just like, oh, I know exactly where the minerals are or whatever I'm looking for. I just go to the points and then move on. Um, but yeah. And speaking of moving on,
0: game number two from Andrew. I like that you've used my last name every single time you've said my name today. Just, 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 just to differentiate. Hey man, I'm just branding.
1: I'm just branding for you.
0: Yeah, so this one's a bit of a dig, actually. I was like trying to think of this one. There was a few. That I kind of had on my list. Um, there might, hopefully, there might be a, l- a little uh, kind of uh, honorable mention section, but if oh, not, that's fine. I got, I got uh, a few
1: that I'm like, oh, you know, these still aren't. I have a list of three, but you know, there's a few others like c- we can uh, slam on. Absolutely. Okay,
0: that's good. That's good. That's good. I got them in my back pocket anyway. But anyway, my second choice is uh, for the original PlayStation a game called Legacy of Cain: Soul Reaver. I've heard of this yeah i mean this this is a great game uh i remember i played the demo on like a playstation demo disc and i'm like holy shit this game's badass you have to like to like stay alive you have to like murder dudes and then like eat their souls otherwise you're gonna die but anyway yeah i thought it was a really great game um i think it's a, it's a sequel to a pc game i believe there was like Legacy of Kane 1 and 2, or something like that. I, I
1: think there was a Legacy of Kane series on the PC. It's kind of ringing a bell, but like, I, yeah. I definitely never played them. It's sort of like the murky memory kind of business.
0: Yeah, there was, there was like, I believe it's called Legacy of Cain. There was 1 and 2. And then this is essentially takes place afterwards, and you're like Kane's kind of like, um, right-hand man who has fallen from grace and you're essentially kind of like going on this story to, to fight Kane. and people of the series probably think I'm going to say that the ending is the one problem of the series. Uh, sorry of the game, but I mean, that is terrible. The, uh, there's this huge game. It's like, I don't know, 40 hours long, whatever. You you get to the end. There's this huge, like, you're going down this, like, spiral staircase or going up. I can't remember. Maybe down. Anyway, you're going along the spiral staircase. And there's, like, all these, like, kind of, like, flashbacks to other missions and other bosses of the game. And you get to the last fight. You get to Kane. You get to the final boss. And he's like, peace out, bitches. See you in number two. And you're just like, what the fuck? Oh, you so- don't even fight him? No, you, you literally... It's not even like a boss fight, and then he's like, peace out, bitches. He's literally like, you get to him, and he's like, peace out, bitches. So that is obviously super annoying, but that is not my... that I'm going to go a different way with, with this. That that That's a story beat. That's super annoying. I actually never played Legacy of Cain 2 because of it, because it pissed me off so goddamn much, um, which I hear is a, also a very good game. But my, my biggest gripe with the game, aside from that is so you have this beautiful game it's it's absolutely like on the PS1 like the the graphics obviously are a bit rough but it's like you have these beautiful environments these massive huge environments these beautiful puzzles that that happen all the way through so you have all these um these puzzles and essentially what these puzzles are is like there's these kind of um designs on walls and then there's these cubes and you have to like flip the cubes around and they have different like parts of the design on them and then you have mm. to like slot them into the wall in the correct 3D cube space, so that they all fit, and then you can, you know, um, you complete the picture, and then you can move along with the storyline, sorry, when you can move along with the level, whatever. Um, now, you know, there's different things, you gotta use different abilities, like the more abilities you unlock, the, the, the more complex these kind of cube puzzles happen. Fine, whatever. My gripe with the game is, during these cube puzzles, there is an unending stream of enemies. So as you're trying to do these cube puzzles, there's just an unending just stream of these like low level enemies that like you can't fully focus on the enemies because then you're not doing the block puzzle but then you can't fully focus on the block puzzle because these enemies are just constantly spawning at you Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so you have this problem where you have to like like half fight these these enemies and then like half do this fucking tedious block puzzle and there's a lot of them in this game that's also probably a little bit of an issue too is there is a there's a bit too much of these damn block puzzles, but the whole like they wouldn't be as painful if the whole time you weren't just constantly getting assaulted by these fucking low level enemies, um. And then there's times too where like you would die. You would just be like kind of focused on the block puzzle a little too much, then you would just kind of die and get swarmed. And then you're like fucking. You gotta like go back to the checkpoint or whatever. And it was just it was just annoying as hell. As I said, so aside from the uh obviously the ending beat, aside from that and like the block puzzles, this this game was like it's a bit of a I wouldn't say it's a sleeper hit like it's definitely known but I wouldn't say it's like the most popular game for PlayStation but uh, I feel like if they toned that down a little bit if it, like I feel like uh it might have been a little bit more accessible to people
1: yeah it's it's crazy it sounds like somebody was like well the puzzles are too easy or you know they're, they're, let's let's start some combat in there to make the it it sounds like an ex- a weird way almost like bravely defaults like we have these this element let's just make it a little tougher and repetitive repetitive to just like yeah that that sounds like hell is what i'm trying to say that just oh sounds so it was annoying. it was
0: annoying it was annoying it's just one of those things too where it's like it just yeah it like it, it prolongs the uh the, the play time of the game for <laughs> sure but like, it's it inflates it but like not even in a good way like you know what yeah. i mean it's like it's like if you're gonna do that at least do it in a more creative way than just like more bad guys
1: yeah, make it like you do a block puzzle and then those enemies you would, that were bothering you show up in a massive wave and you got to fight them quick. And I, I, I don't know Legacy of Kain, I don't know what the combat's like whether that would be viable, but yeah, it was, no. it was pretty
0: good. It was it was like decent combat. It was like kind of like hack and slash yeah. with like there's like abilities and shit, but uh yeah, it was essentially hack and slash. Um but yeah, these like like you had really cool things in that game. This is just an aside, but you had cool things with that game where you always had to um it was like vampires essentially, like you were fighting so you always had to impale them. But you could use things like you could find stuff like around the environment and like throw stuff and like use stuff as um as like uh kind of like uh what, what do you call it? a stake or like to impale them or whatever.
1: <laughs> I, I, I'm picturing like one of the things being, ooh, thank God I'm fighting these vampires in this wooden sharpened bat factory. Like,
0: yeah, like, exactly. Whoo!
1: exactly. This, just this rot- is just in like a ball playpen. I'd be fucked.
0: Yeah, this like wrought iron gate factory. <laughs> that is super handy. <laughs> um hard. but anyway yeah so throwing it back to you what, what is your uh okay what is your next choice
1: my third game is one you've played finally red dead redemption 2 that uh, was
0: that was going to be on my list but i knew we talked about this yeah I, we I think we had, i remember when i uh
1: texted you about the list i was like gosh did he choose this i do i do have one that i would have replaced it with but this needs to be mentioned since you were mentioning it this needed to be mentioned Red Dead Redemption Two is a great game, whether you like the single player or the online. I personally actually prefer the online. I know it gets shat on a lot, and honest truth is, Rockstar's not supporting it because they you're like we make so much money from GTA Five. Why would we? Why would we spend time on this? GTA Five is like making us millions. It's great, but I like the online part because it's sort of it's very quieting. It's like a contemplative online. It's like you deal with people occasionally, but you can you're free to do your own thing, whether it's just hunting or just. You know, relaxing fishing. Yeah, I, I I like the thing. But the thing about Red Dead Redemption 2, and this is from the very start, whether you're single player or online, which just got released actually. as an interesting bit of news. Um, they just released the online only of the game for like five bucks or something on Steam, I believe. Um It's the interface. Red Dead Redemption 2's controls are laughably bad. And it's not it's so weird. It's like There have been bad controls in the past where you have a controller in your hand or a keyboard and mouse. And you're like, oh, yeah, I get why they have to be like this. You know, I've got, there's a complexity to the controls. You need to have, Red Dead doesn't need that. Like, it's basically Grand Theft Auto on a horse. And, like, it's so strange. It's like, you know, you use the R1 to aim, but, you know, you do this and that. Like, it's, the controls in Red Dead Redemption 2 were so terrible that, like, I find when I'm jumping from one game to another, you have that moment, I'm sure everybody, listeners who play video games know this, when you're switching between two games, where you're like, oh wait, no, this isn't the button to open the map, or oh no, this isn't the, the how you interact with stuff, it's triangle, not uh, square, or what have you. Um, but with Red Dead Redemption 2, usually that kind of time, sorry, not with Red Dead Redemption 2 exactly, but with most games, usually the, the adaption time I'd say is like an, a half hour, an hour maybe a day or two of light playing, you're like, okay, yeah, I'm back in the saddle, and that's if it's an exceptionally different control. Red Dead Redemption 2, you can play for, like, days and weeks, and you're still like, am I, uh, oh, shit, I meant to feed my horse, but I just punched my horse, and now it's run away. Like, this game's interface is terrible. And I'm also, as a sidebar to that, the fact that you don't really do much with the interface makes it even weirder that it's so terrible. Like, it's not... Like, you have a very complicated series of things you're doing. You get on a horse, you get off a horse, you talk to somebody, you draw your gun, you shoot your gun. You can pet a horse, but that could just be, like, an interaction menu. And it's and how you access your inventory, where you have to hold down, like, the R1 or... if I'm Is it the R1, Andrew? Do you remember? Offhand? You played... Way yeah,
0: I mean, that I don't know. It's been a long time. Yeah,
1: you, you hold down a button, and then it's radial, but you gotta, like, go over two to get to your brush, but the guns are back on the one, and the second one's got your hat or something. Like, it's just... It's an interface that goes from this isn't great to this is bad to almost is Rockstar fucking with us? This it's I'd love to sit down with the person who designed the interface for Red Dead Redemption 2 and say, what was your reason behind this? I wouldn't do it combatively. I'd make them a nice tea beforehand or something. But like, I would love to sit down and say, why did you make this so complicated? What were the design reasons? And I'm sure he had his reasons. This is the kind of thing that I feel like wouldn't. Get to this point and be released like this, especially for Rockstar that has the ability to sit on a game for a while and say, "Okay, you know what? We're going to take another year because we want to get this perfect." Um, yeah, Rockstar's Red Dead Redemption Two is a great game, whether you play online or single player. But man, it is the controls are almost struggling to be work against you. I find in that game. Uh, did you you played Red Dead? Did you find the controls were fun and smooth?
0: Well, I mean it's it's rockstar controls like the controls just aren't good also rockstar needs to abandon this whole like lock on mechanic of like the auto targeting i know you can turn that off and like i did for like the main campaign but i mean then you have um like dead eye anyway dead eye trivializes any encounter really Mm -hmm. and if you want to play you know online you kind of have to play with 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 auto aim on mm-hmm if you don't, you're just handicapping yourself. So because like, everyone
1: else uses it.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I, I, think with Grand Theft Auto, I think there was auto aim <laughs> lobbies and non auto aim lobbies. But with Red Dead Online, there isn't. Anyways, uh,
1: actually, actually, the last time I played, there was. Oh, uh, it was well, interesting. I, I got online on on the PC at least. There were lobbies that were auto aim and others that were free aim. Yeah, they did. Auto-aim. Okay, well, yeah,
0: I apologize. It's been it's been a while since since I played the online. Mm. There is. A random long lost episode of Buffs and Nerfs where we do do a deep dive on Red Dead. I don't know if that'll ever come out. Having said that, I think my biggest problem. I I, again, yes, I I agree with you one hundred percent with the uh with the controls. They're clunky as fuck. Like Mm -hmm. moving Arthur is just or I mean your character or spoilers? Do do we are we are we we, we okay with
1: spoilers? Okay, if you're listening to this and haven't played Red Dead Redemption 2, jump ahead one minute. I'm giving you one minute to spoilers starting now. No,
0: it's definitely not one minute. I was just going to say, whether you're playing as Arthur... 58 seconds. As whether you're playing with Arthur, your online character, or with John, it's just clunky as hell. That's it. That was the only spoiler. You play as John. So... Yeah, I mean, yeah, the the, the 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 fucking movement controls, the, like, you'll be in town, like, running, and you'll just, like, you'll be in Saint-Denis just running around, and then you'll all of a sudden randomly just spear some lady by a complete accident, mm-hmm. and then you'll you'll be in this middle of a firefight and just get destroyed, because, you know, the, the, the Saint-Denis police force don't fuck around. But yeah, so it's just like, yeah, the controls are bad. But my biggest problem with Red Dead, and there are a few, like, now Red Dead is, like, Red Dead 2 is one of my favorite games. Uh, I'd say it's one of my favorite games of all time. The, the It has one of the best narratives I've ever played, I've ever experienced, whether that be a book, movie, TV show, video game. It doesn't matter. Like, at yeah, one of the best narratives, one of the best protagonists in Arthur Morgan. Um, I can't, there's so many good things I can say about the game. But that's not this podcast. Oh, uh, so my...
1: welcome back, people who were waiting a minute
0: for the spoilers. Go on. <laughs> so, yeah, I said right away there was only no, I actually tied that perfectly. It so- was like one second of spoilers, anyway. Now, you got me all off topic. Um, yeah, so my one biggest gripe with the game is their kind of almost duality with their uh creative decision making, where we have this beautiful open world game, yet we don't let you do things in it like as as far like you can kind of like you can role play as Arthur you can go around you can hunt there's there's um you know there's things where you have to like every time you skin an animal you have to watch the entire like mm-hmm. scene of him like skinning the animal if he's carrying grain and like, if he's carrying water in camp you have to like fill up the bucket slowly and walk slowly over to camp so it's like very realistic in these ways but then also it's like you have things where it's like there's like a camp happiness mechanic that means absolutely nothing. You have mission structures where if you deviate from the mission structure in any way, you're instantly failing. Like, you'll do a mission, you'll be like, oh, there's some guys over there. Instead of facing them head on, I'm going to go flank them. You'll like go like eight feet outside of like the mission parameters, and it's just like instantly mission failed.
1: Yeah. yeah I remember so it's that. like it
0: so annoying. So you have these like two kind of differing, um almost like, uh, ethos almost of a uh, video game making where you like we're like we're gonna let this player have like you know this almost like infinite freedom and we're gonna like really dive deep into the role play aspects but then also we're gonna have these like super curated moments where you need to do exactly what we want you to do mm-hmm. or you fail so i don't know i felt like there was these kind of like two different different mantras almost of like video game making where i feel like they should have just kind of went maybe not full in one way but maybe tip the scales a little bit more in one way or another and i think it would have served uh the the game as a whole again one of the best experiences of my life i'm i'm nitpicking wow i i could say some other things about the game that are you know not as good but overall like as i said like one of the best experiences like gaming experiences of my life that's why we're talking about like things that would i'd say those are the two like like the mechanics like the like the actual gameplay mechanics and that kind of like the 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 dual decision making i'd probably say really hamper red dead 2 from being like a 10 out of 10
1: yeah i agree um it's funny actually we talked about this in the podcast i guess never got released um to illustrate your point the game is very much just like here's an open world but at these moments you're gonna do this one fucking thing and nothing else is um minor spoiler a character gets put in jail really early on and Uh, personally, I didn't like this character from day one, and you're not supposed to like him, and I was all for just like, let him fucking rot in jail and get hung. I'm cool with that. But nope, you go visit him, and then you have to walk over, press triangle to the steam engine thing, and attach a chain to the gates to the barred windows, and you pull off the wall, and then you escape, and he shoots up the town. The Rockstar really does seem to be like, we're gonna give you this huge open world, but at the like you said it right, but when we're at the story beats or these moments, they're super curated and they have to, you have to, they're almost on rails. So,
0: exactly. It, there, I mean, there are levels of Red Dead that you're literally on rails. Um, also, also, I mean, like Red Dead 2 also suffered from, um, things like, uh, the, the last third of the game really dragged, the mission, um, the, the mission structure was very repetitive. Uh, It was all like, go into this place. Oh, no, things went bad. Shoot your way out. And, like, that was pretty much every mission. There were some really big set piece missions, you know, like... Like, there are, there's, like, that on-rail level where you're, like, kind of going through Saint-Denis on the streetcar. There's, like, the hot air balloon level. There's, like, some really good, like, set-piece levels where, like, some big things happen. Like, I remember another one later in the game. You're, like, on a canoe and you're, like, like storming, like, a riverboat. Like, that one's pretty sick. So there are some, like, really big missions, but they, they it, the game really does drag. It Kind of when you get back from Guarna, which is, like, this, like, little side area you go to for, like, a couple hours. You go to, like, the, quote, Cuba area. And the game never kind of really regains the steam it had in the first half of the, eh, I'd probably say two thirds of the game. Um, once you kind of go to Guarna, it never like regains that kind of fuel until like v- the very last act of the game. And then the last act of the game is probably, you know, that's that's one of the strongest acts of the game. If you can kind of push through that slog of that like later, you know, last kind of like the the middle, th- not the middle, like the last portion of the game. If you can push through that, you'll be rewarded for sure.
1: Yep. Red Dead is, uh, we'll move on from that, but it is definitely a game that is like, it's a really, really great game that has some glaring flaws. I and could that, do
0: a whole episode on it.
1: Yeah, I think we should at some point. Maybe we we'll, It'll it'll
0: it'll get released one day. One, one day. day. Well, it's it's I feel like it's a solid episode. It's before we got the um technical aspects not down. I mean, we're not perfect yeah, in any yeah. way, but it's it's before it, it's in the before times when when our quality was not as crisp. Speak for
1: yourself. I was perfect technically from day 1 if I remember correctly.
0: Anyways, so
1: moving on from Red Dead, uh, we could almost, like you said, do a whole other episode about it. Uh, Andrew, what is your third choice for a game with a big flaw?
0: Before before I do my third choice, uh, do you want to maybe just do a quick couple? Do uh, you you, you want to do an honorable mention?
1: Uh, sure. I was gonna say it for last, but I can do it now. Uh, do you want me to do yeah, mine I mean,
0: first, or? Well, you. I mean, you just did Red Dead. I'll I'll, I'll do an honorable mention. E- equal is as equal does. I don't know if that's actually actually. Why are the we saying. doing the honorable mentions before the Alright, go on. Well, you should have done the honorable mentions before your third one, I feel like, but What? whatever. The honorable mentions. You do the honorable mentions before the before the final reveal. You do the
1: honorable mentions afterwards. You get the list no, and then afterwards it's no, the honorable, no, honorable no, mentions.
0: No, no. Yeah, that's how it's done,
1: son. That's no, how it's you done did the since honorable mentions the first time. Were... The no, honorable mentions you're insane. The this final. is nonsense. All right, read, uh, readers. What? Because no, because because you, you get the final,
0: you get the final out, and then nobody's sticking around for the honorable mentions. You want people in their seats for the honorable mentions? No, you don't. Keep honorable mentions keep in, keep mention are you just suspense? going
1: like, oh, these are some other things. Anyways, sure, honorable mentions time. That's it. This is our last podcast. Um, honorable mentions time, Andrew. Honorable mention.
0: For my honorable mention, it would be something introduced into the Pokemon franchise uh, relatively recent. Um, I believe it was introduced in XY. Now, this thing is completely optional, but in my opinion, completely breaks the game. So originally in Pokemon, the way it works is if you battle with a Pokemon in a battle, um, so you have six in your party, if you use any one of them in a battle... It, uh, they will gain XP. Now, what you originally would always do is if you had a low-level Pokemon, you would put them out first, and then you would start the battle, instantly switch out your regular Pokemon, your battler, and then those two Pokemon would split the XP. That's kind of just the classic way you do it. That's the way it's always been done. You put your weak Pokemon out first, switch them out right away, put in your battler, and then they they split the XP. So now what they introduced in, I believe, XY, I apologize if I got that wrong, But I believe this is XY, which came out, um, I think, five or six years ago. They introduced something called an EXP share, um, which is an experience points share. So if you toggle this on, which now in the newer games, it's automatically toggled on and you have to toggle it off. If you toggle this on, when you do a battle, the, the XP awarded from the battle is automatically distributed six ways between all the Pokemon. So what happens is, so before, what you had to do is you kind of had to, like, spread out your battles between the pokemon be like all right this guy's gonna battle a little bit all right now this guy's gonna battle a little bit now this weaker guy i'm gonna put him out first switch him out and you kind of had to like manually distribute xp and level up your pokemon individually but now what um xp share does is just easy mode it's just every battle it you just put out your strongest pokemon it doesn't matter just put them out demolish the other team instantly xp gets shared between your whole crew so what sorry go ahead
1: Oh no! I was gonna say like this. Um, two points about that. It's it's interesting bringing that up. One, um, I played Pokemon Sun and Moon, and I'm pretty sure that was there. I seem to remember that. Being so, Sun Moon.
0: Point. Sun Moon. I believe was the uh was when they turned it on. Like, sorry, the toggle was automatically on. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent.
1: Like I was like, because you, you were discussing this thing back to playing I'm Like, yeah, that was on. Um, yeah, and I guess the second thing that's interesting about that is uh, going back between, like, Pokemon's uh, Japanese-developed game, uh, comparing it to Western role-playing games, which I know don't seem like you would compare, but there is XP, in Western role-playing games, initially when, uh, like, in the 90s when they started, or even earlier, it used to be whoever you had in the party gained XP. If somebody died during a fight, you could revive them, but they didn't gain any XP, that kind of thing. It's. I, I remember noticing at one point, I would have said, like, I'm going to feel this around 2000, games suddenly adopted a whole, whether they're in the party or not, they gain XP. And one of the people I'm going to blame for that, actually, is one of my favorite production companies, BioWare, because they were making these role-playing games that had EXP as, a, obviously, you level up and you get better abilities and stuff like that. But they also wanted you to spend time with all the characters, so they didn't want you to focus on, oh, it's me this character and this character have the most xp everyone else just they're too weak to make it to the end game so we just won't use them so i get why it's on for something like that with story but with pokemon i would actually feel that it would have been better if it had been the way you described it where you're you choose who gets the xp in a fight sort of thing so you can yeah I'm,
0: and, and, and again i get that it is 100 percent optional mm-hmm. you can turn that off but I mean, it's like I turned it off. Once in a while, I would turn it on just because I was like, ah, like I just want to level this guy. But like, it just, it just, it's just such easy mode. Like those games are easy enough already. Like they, they are kids games. Um, there are some fights kind of like near the end of the game in the end game, whatever, that are a bit tougher. But like, those are relatively easy games. But you can just fucking just beat that game into the ground if you turn XP share on. I mean, essentially, you can just use one Pokemon all the way through and just like whatever, just. Just level up everybody at the same time. So anyway, it's optional. That's why it's only an honorable mention. No. How about you? Dude, do, do you have an honorable mention I or do. two?
1: Um I have I have just one that I was when I was going through my list of what were ones. What were games so in this case, instead of a great game that had a flaw, this would be like an okay game that could have possibly been good except for this flaw. Uh this is 2015's Thief which is uh, actually the fourth in a series of uh, the Thief games. There was Thief 1, Thief 2, The Metal Age, I believe, and then Thief 3, Darkness or something. I can't remember what they were called, but they were great games. And uh, for those who don't know, Thief is basically, you play this character named Garrett in this sort of Victorian-era, slightly medieval-leaning uh city and you go around steal things as you might have guessed from the thing by sneaking in shadows but it's one of these classic stealth games it's actually one of the best mm-hmm. stealth games ever made where you just are basically you're watching patterns okay i know the guard's gonna pass here at this point i'm gonna sneak through the shadows i can either knock them out or just avoid them and like oftentimes you can go through an entire level without anyone noticing it. you don't even have to knock anyone out it's that's the challenge of the games so in thief 4 which i think they replaced like the, the h with a four or something like that so it'd be like to four e or something or the ie maybe the f was a four at the end i don't know it's it they did that stupid thing that was it's a t- i hate elite speak titles fat uh, four stick yeah exactly exactly it's just like don't don't do that don't do that guys just just stop But that surprisingly is not the flaw. It wasn't in the title because that doesn't affect gameplay. So the way this game is based is kind of it's a hub-based game. You start in the city. The city is your hub. And you go on these missions which is like, oh, a loading screen to another area. Which is fine. Totally fine. But the city itself is laid out in such a complicated, poor manner that, like... And there's a map, but the map doesn't tell you shit. It just says you're in this area kind of thing. And... This flaw made, like, so, like, you're like, oh, I've got to go over and visit this guy on the docks, or I've got to go back to my hideout. And you just, it's not just, you know, you're a thief. You're supposed to stick to the shadows, break through windows. You know, like, I get that kind of element of wanting it to not be a straight line simply walking down the street, which are patrolled by guards all the time, so you can't just walk down the streets. But the way they laid out the sections of the hub, it's just so, like, okay, if I want to get over there, I have to go over into this alley, then climb up, go back across some, like, catwalks. The city loves having wooden catwalks on the second floor for some reason. Um, and then we walk over. i got to jump across a beam. Now the beam takes me to this house. I've got to break in, go in through the door, of the window of the house. Now go down to the first floor, walk out, sneak across the alley, go back up to another. Like, it just it doesn't, when you're trying to get around from one place to another in the hub. There's world, no flow. There's no flow. The flow is so broken up. And, and I suspect part of it is, minor loading screens there are definite loading screens when you Uh, go between large districts but even still it feels like they should be simplified to get rid of them and it's so like it it becomes annoying because the other thing is like uh, and this is i guess an aesthetic choice to compound it is the city's an interesting sort of dark gloomy victorian constantly night kind of business um it's not dark city it's just you're a thief you work at night um but it's very like samey like there isn't like a lot of like oh there's a landmark over there oh that's the bell tower there's a bell tower but like you know like it's clock tower uh but it's it's very you never get a feeling of like oh i know exactly where i am in relation to where i've been once you go into a new section you're always like oh yeah this this alley kind of looks like that alley in the street so thief 4 wasn't a great game but it would have been a good game you know the missions are kind of fun sneaking around if you like that sort of sneak around watch patterns avoid or knock out guards oh there's a little crawl space up there oh there's some stuff to steal here you know if you like that kind of thing it's actually a good game for that but just you spend so much time in the central hub doing minor side quests and such that it just becomes annoying like the layout of it so well i think that takes care of honorable mentions i really just had thief you know there's i could go on for i'm sure for hours about other games but Seeing as we've already gone an hour, um, maybe we should move on to your last choice for games that are great with one big ass flaw,
0: with a caveat. Ooh. Um. Wow. So my choice for number one would be uh, Spider-Man for PS4. Uh, not the new one. <clears throat> excuse me, not the new Miles Morales game, the spin-off, whatever you want to call it. I haven't played that yet. I don't own PS PS4. Uh, PS4. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Freudian slip, oh you don't God, own a please. penis five. <laughs> I don't own a five. Okay. PS5.
1: <laughs> All right, I'm taking off my video game hat and putting on my psychotherapy hat. So, oh, Andrew, geez. when you say you don't own a penis.
0: Oh, okay, moving right along. Oh, that's funny. I don't own a ps five. Um, <laughs> so, I haven't played the new game, but my final game is... Uh, that game is uh, Spider-Man for PS4 um, I absolutely love the game uh, there was you know a lot of stuff to love uh, you know you a few problems here and there but my the, the biggest um, most glaring problem for me at that game were the stealth missions now be that the Miles Morales or um, the Mary Jane missions they were stinkers now you have this fast-paced kinetic you know you're this fast action you're flying off walls you're 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 traversing the city as spider-man like that's one game where i almost never use the fast travel because it's like how far do i have to go oh i have to go all the way across the map fuck it like let's do it and like they had this cool skill gap on web slinging where it's like i could hold a button and web sling or, as you're web-slinging, you can, like, you know, do tricks, gain speed, really, uh, you know, make it fun. It's almost kind of like this, this um, almost like a mini-game, if you will, tra- traversing the city. So, anyway, so you have this, like, the action is, is frenetic. Like, everything is just, just so fun and just fast-paced. And then you have these fucking moments of the game that just everything grinds to a halt. Where you're either Miles Morales or... Uh, as i said a few times you're mary jane the the mary jane parts there are a few missions where you're mary jane and you have to kind of target a thing and then tell spider-man to to um like drop out of the ceiling and take a picture of it those aren't as bad but they're still like they still just and like also like there's a mission where you're in um grand central station and i don't know just like the just like kind of like the environment and telling spider-man it's not as bad but there's just these moments where, I mean, I remember like sneaking around a base as Mary Jane and you just fucking, it's one of those things too, where it's like you, like if you get spotted, like you're it's, it's Insta, it's, it's Insta death. Like there's no, there's no like, Oh, like you got spotted and you can like run away and hide mm-hmm. or whatever. Like you're Mary Jane, you're, you're not doing shit against like a whole platoon of these like fucking teched out cyber squad looking dudes. Um, yeah so it's just also like miles morales like again like going into the game miles morales like like such a great character he brings so much to the franchise and then you're like when i started playing the game i was like oh sweet i get to play as miles morales and like you know i in the new game looks like miles morales you get to be like actually as you get to play as spider-man as miles morales um but in this game you're just like a kid And you're just, like, kind of, like, traveling through the city and, like, you're, like, ducking behind cover. They're, like, the classic, like, they're searching with spotlights and you have to, like, wait for the spotlight to go by. And it's just, like, man, that's not why I'm playing this game. I'm playing this game called Spider-Man. I'm not playing this game called I'm a Young Boy Sneaking Through the City. And it's just, like, it's just like what we talked about where you're just inflating playtime. It's, like, for every, like, you know area that you're as your spider-man you can just like traverse through so quickly all they need to do is just make this one environment so it's like you're they make an environment and that you play through as spider-man that you're in there for i don't know maybe three four minutes as you fight a bunch of bad dudes and you go to the next environment whatever in this case it's like you're in this one environment they only need to make create one environment and then you're in that one environment for you know you're getting found a bunch you're in that environment for like i don't know 20 minutes something like that yeah unless you can like one bang it whatever but like you know, it's a pretty good chance you're gonna get spotted a few times, and it's just frustrating. And it's just like, man, this isn't why I'm playing the game. Like, it's just so annoying when you just have these games. Like, if you play a stealth game, and like the stealth mechanics are great, like a Metal Gear, or you know, like you were saying, Thief, or or whatever, where like the stealth mechanics are good. Uh, um, you know, they have good. Um, you know, in uh, in Hitman, um, throwing it back to uh, a game called uh, Beyond Good and Evil. These games had good stealth mechanics. The Spider-Man games, they're not built on stealth mechanics. That's just like an uh, like a, you know four or five times throughout the game they're just kind of like slapping these stealth mechanics into like this action game. And it's like they're not very well done. So you're playing this action game that now you have to stop, you're stopping the forward momentum. And now you're playing a stealth game with poor stealth mechanics. It's just it it really hindered the game from it took it from like a nine to like an I'd say like an eight for sure.
1: Yeah, I I think the lesson <sighs> from my previous honorable mention, your last uh, thing, is that stealth games, if you're going to have stealth, make a stealth game. If you're not, if you're doing something else, don't exactly. try and cram stealth in. Like you have to focus on how stealth works. And also the thing I hate about stealth games, and it sounds like Spider Man did this, so I haven't played it, is when a guard sees you, it shouldn't be the end. It should be like, "Oh shit, this guard sees me. Can I take him out? No. Okay, I'm gonna run away, hide in the shadows." Let's. Uh, you, and you gotta. Yeah, but, around, but the thing
0: but, like, is, yeah, but the thing with Spider-Man though, it's like the stealth parts happened as Mary Jane or or as Miles Morales. Oh well, well,
1: well, well that's what I'm saying is like, it, th- th- I, that should be something in a stealth game, and it sounds like these games weren't designed for that. And it's it, it's basically what I'm saying is like, if you have a stealth game, you got to focus on stealth, and being caught shouldn't be the end. And don't try to wedge it into something else. I'm trying to think. There was one... uh, I I remember playing this first-person shooter that had a stealth I don't think it was, like, the Syndicate game from, like, 10 years ago. But where it was, like, action, bang, 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 bang. bang, bang, And then suddenly you were like, oh, shit, I got to sneak now. And it was just, like, this feels weird. This is annoying. And as soon as you got Saw, you got caught. Like, or seen, you got caught. It was... 100% 100% agree. I, I feel your pain on that even though I haven't played that game.
0: Yeah, the, um, the Metal Gear games, um they they had a cool mechanic where you could choose at the beginning of the game whether or not getting found instantly ends you, like instantly <laughs> ends your round or whatever, or like instantly wipes you. So that was definitely handy where it's like, okay, you can play the game where if you want to play, like where it's like, oh, I got found. I want to, you know, deal with that and either die or like fight everybody <laughs> or get away and hide, whatever you had that choice, or if you wanted to just be like, oh, I got found, my game is, like, the sneaking game, to me, that is the end of my turn, I lost, I wiped, whatever. Yeah. Like, that, it's, it's, that it's your own good. prerogative, yeah.
1: Yeah, it sounds like, that that I totally respect. Like, maybe there are people who like, just like, oh, I want to start again as soon as i have found, because I'm going for, like, a pure stealth move through, I want to master it. Sure, yeah, and then, you know what, honestly, whenever I look at, when I play stealth games, like Thief, for example, I'm not going like, ah, I don't care if I get caught. I do try to, like go through and i have gone through entire levels without getting caught but i just it feels basically i i feel your pain from that and i i feel like does the developers designers if you're making a stealth game put stealth in it if you're not making a stealth game don't put it in it don't it's just not
0: it's just an artificial it never inflation works. yeah it, it, it never I, works i literally can't think of a single game where they had like a stealth section and people like and I and I and people thought it was good. Yeah. Again, this isn't a stealth game. Like stealth games are good because if you have a game that's that's a stealth game, you probably have a pretty damn good stealth mechanic and like you have good AI that lends to it. Whatever. Like you know, you ev- oh even like uh the the Batman the Arkham series, um, they had they had a great stealth mechanic with like the stealth takedowns, or whatever. Like like that. Those games have good AI. They have good stealth mechanics. This game, not so much.
1: Yeah. Well, it's just like the best Metal Gear game, Metal Gear Solid Five: Phantom Pain. That one, uh, pretty much the crowning achievement of the Metal Gear series, had good stealth because it was, at its heart, a stealth game, not a combat game.
0: You're out to lunch.
1: Best, best Metal Gear game of all time, at least from my experience. Uh, editor's note, I have only played the one, so I'm sure, I hear it's actually probably the worst of the group. Um, but yeah, so I guess that about sums it up. Long story short, uh designers, quality assurance playtesting. If one of your playtesters says, Hey, I don't think this is working, um listen to them. That's what I would say. But I mean, the thing is though, I will say about all of these uh flaws we've discussed, the problem is they probably made sense to someone on the design team. Someone was like oh, yeah, the Mako handles just fine. This this makes sense. This is how it would handle. Or, oh, yeah, no, I know the Red De- Redemption controls. This makes sense. Or, oh, players will like repeating this end boss, boss battle because it's fun. Seven, six times? Seven times? What was it for Bravely Default? Six? Six times. Six, six times, times yeah. yeah. So, long story uh, short.
0: I, hmm? I, I just wanted to add one thing. Honestly, I think, like, I think there's one thing that kind of, um unites all the gripes we had across the board with all the games maybe not so much the um uh the uh civ one but i think a lot of them have to do with artificially inflating game time mm-hmm. and yeah it seems like the the civ one wasn't that was just kind of more of an annoyance that's like, an popping. annoyance it, i don't think yeah it's an inflation thing now but like the mako the 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 uh and, and again okay you know what not not so much with um with um red dead as well the, the the clunky the clunky mechanics but at least the my three i think <laughs> were, were, i don't know uh, the
1: clunky mechanics it's like oh no now i'm being chased by the sheriff and i'm wanted i gotta spend some time doing that that's kind of inflates time yeah <laughs> yeah bed. so
0: sure I, I think i think a lot of it has to do with uh, at least with with, with my three were yeah. artificially uh inflating game time when I mean, they, all they're trying to do is just say like, you know, stretch their dollar. It's like we've made this much uh, we've made we've made this much game. People are playing through it too fast or like they're getting through this. this how do we how do we lengthen people's gameplay and like in Legacy of Cain, instead of just leaving you alone while you're doing your block puzzles, they're just throwing enemies at you while, you know, in, in Spider-Man, they're throwing these arduous uh, kind of clunky uh, stealth missions at you. Bravely default, obviously they're making you play they're literally make you play through the game six times. Again, it's not a full playthrough, it's you know segmented. Once
1: is too much.
0: Uh, yeah. So anyway, so I think I think I I think there's a theme with my choices at least. It's like the artificially inflating a game uh the, the playtime of a game is gonna bug me, and that comes from somebody who plays Destiny who does the exact same thing pretty much daily.
1: Well, yeah, but it's, like, it, it's Destiny is repetitive, but you're still, like, moving forward. Like, you're always, like, And at least they here. own it.
0: Like, yeah. you know what I mean? They're not, like, trying to be, like, look at this thing that's different. It's, like, no, we're going to get you to shoot 30 Vex in this one specific area again. Like, you don't have to, but, like, he, please do.
1: Yeah. And on that note, I'm going to go grind strikes, because
0: uh, I have to. Uh, are you actually because I actually need to grind strikes I,
1: I do need to do strikes I need to do a few things first but um, maybe a half hour after recording isn't this great isn't this what you listen to a podcast for two people scheduling playing games together <laughs> excitement she wrote I stole that from the Simpsons Um. yeah okay so we might as well sign off with our typical like a Canadian signing off on a phone uh, I guess this was a good podcast and uh, I'll talk to you later How you, uh,
0: I'll talk to you later goodbye goodbye yeah no i'll I'll see you later (laughs) later Later. bye hey guys thanks for tuning in to bucks and nerfs podcast don't forget to rate and subscribe to the mind refinery channel and follow us across all social media platforms